Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome in, pro wrestling fans, here on a Tuesday. It's the podcast edition of Busted Open Radio. Ryan McKinnell here in for Dave LaGreca. Today on this Tuesday, I am joined by the Hall of Famer, Bully Ray, and we hit everything from the world of Raw last night. And also on this episode, a great discussion about one Roman Reigns and it begs the question and it is answered in this episode would you rather see Roman Reigns versus The Rock Dwayne Johnson at Wrestlemania which is something we've been talking about a lot of or or would you like to maybe see Roman Reigns versus yeah that's right Brock Lesnar in a battle for the loyalty of Paul Heyman so many options so much fun to be had let's get it going let's open on Tuesday Bully, I guess I'm just going to ask you this, right? We 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 saw the continuation last night of Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre. We got a little bit of layers to the Miz and what might be happening. He tried to cash in with money in the bank last night. That didn't work to his favor. But let me ask you a question, right? As Randy Orton is now the 14-time champ, he is now the man with a target on his back on Monday nights. Who's the biggest threat to Randy Orton's title right now? Is it the Miz? Is it the fiend or is it Drew McIntyre? Because he's got a lot of suitors coming after that title. Well, it's I, I definitely don't think it's the Miz. I think the Miz is in there to make things ish, interesting, especially for Drew. I like the fact last night that they tried to have the Miz cash in and be opportunistic, yeah. slide in after Drew caught him with the uh, with the Claymore to open the show after Randy's promo. And I love the fact that Drew went back in there and beat the crap out of Miz and Morrison and basically saying, no way, nobody is taking this championship away from Randy Orton until I take this championship away to rant from Randy Orton. So I would say Drew is definitely the biggest threat with this giant dark black cloud of the fiend looming in any given moment. I like what they're doing with Randy and Drew. I've seen it enough. Don't you know? I've seen three matches from them. I don't know how much more depth there is to the story. I don't know how much more meat there is on that bone. If me and you are talking this morning, there's a lot of meat on our bones. Lord knows there's more on dreamers. Um, So, uh, you know, as far as (laughs) Gabby's popping right now, she can't, she can't, she can't help herself. It's Um, funny because it's true, Bully Ray. It's funny because it's true. So, uh, you know, adding the fiend in there is going to make it, more entertaining i love the alexa stuff i mean alexa toying with randy at the beginning of the show uh, gives it a great feel so i'm into it It, they're gonna have to just make sure they keep me um uh entertained because i'm not sure just how much more there is to go with them and i hope they have a good long-term uh, story invested for those guys. A lot of times we don't see that long-term storytelling for many people in WWE, but what we're, we are getting it right now with 
with Roman. We're getting it with the Mysterios. And hopefully we're getting it with Drew and Randy and The Fiend. Well, we're definitely getting with Roman, and we're definitely going to circle back on uh, the Samoan dynasty, Jacob Fatu, because we got a little update on that. Court Bauer speaking via social media within the last few hours, since yesterday's show, at least, and uh, we'll get a thought on that. Let me ask you this, uh, Bully, as we're talking about everything in, in involving Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton, why did Drew McIntyre stop the cash-in last night? From a logical standpoint, from a logical standpoint, right? Drew McIntyre comes out, stops the money in the bank cash-in, logic dictates to me, Bully Ray, that the easier pathway to getting his championship back would be taking down the guy who just lost to him, right? Drew McIntyre took out Miz and Morrison last night, right? That yep. is an easier way to get his title back. If if if, if Drew, or excuse me, right? If, if the Miz goes out and gets the belt and, and cashes in money in the bank, Drew McIntyre then gets to face the Miz and not the 14-time champ, Randy Orton. Why did it play out that way, Bully? Because a babyface like Drew McIntyre would never want to take the easy way back to the championship. Drew McIntyre would never be able to put his head on his pillow at night knowing that he beat The Miz and not the guy that beat him. The only way Drew McIntyre truly becomes champion again is when he pins Randy Orton. Anybody else would be secondary. Anybody else would cause Drew to second-guess himself. Yeah, I'm champion again. Again, but I didn't beat the guy that beat me. And that's why Drew doesn't want anybody touching Randy until he touches him with that Claymore and pins him for a three count. Well, one thing that we were uh, you were just talking about was the great work that Alexa Bliss and the fiend Bray Wyatt did. Uh, obviously, the Firefly Funhouse had another installment last night. We got another creepy look at Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss debuting a very... Uh, Long tongue? I don't know exactly what we saw there, but there's definitely another side to Alexa Bliss, Bully Ray. You know, when I saw that tongue coming out of Alexa Bliss's mouth with those eyes and her creepy, scary look, the first person I thought of was Mark Henry. I was like, oh, I pray God that Mark is watching this right now because he would be so scared to go to bed at night. And I was actually going to text Mark that Alexa Bliss is uh, hiding under his bed and at three o'clock in the morning was going to grab him by the ankles and pull him straight to hell. I don't know if he would mind if I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's a question that he would answer. I don't want to. I don't want to speak for if Mark you Henry on get that. I will straight to hell. I, Alexa Bliss, the one I want. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I can literally see him saying something like that. Now, you talk about Mark Henry being scared. Obviously, we're a few, few days removed from Halloween. We did our Halloween show on Saturday, bully. I thought it was like kind of a rib. Like I thought it was like, oh, you know, we're having fun with Mark. You know, oh, the big guy doesn't like scary shit. No, Mark Henry really does not like anything scary. I like legit felt bad. I like planned the whole show, had all this like scary stuff. And Mark's like, man, I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I don't know if I want to do this. I'm like, oh, you're for real. He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, my bad guy. Sorry. He yeah. is, uh, he, he hates scary stuff. So, you know, every once in a while at like one in the morning, I will send him a picture of Linda Blair from The Exorcist or some other creepy, scary text or or GIF or something like that. And he'll mother F me for, you know, a couple of texts. And then he goes radio silent. But just the fact that I can put my head on my pillow at night, knowing that he can't put his head on his pillow at night because he's terrified, warms my cold black heart. 
Hey everyone, this is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host Kirk Morrison, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. So I'm going to ask you this, and I don't want to pigeonhole Bray Wyatt into babyface or heel, but what is he? I feel like he's just kind of his own entity, Bully. We just don't get characters like him a lot. I, we can't call him a tweener, right, because he's not that. I, I guess he's a heel, but... Uh, I mean, was were, were Freddy Krueger and Jason really heels? I mean, they were terrifying. They were horror movie, you know, stalwarts, legends in their own right. But sometimes it's, I don't want to say it's fun to root for them, but you're there for the chaos. I think we're there for the chaos with Bray Wyatt. We're intrigued. We're engaged. I don't, I, I don't think he's really anything yet. I, I, or not yet. I just, he's so unique and unto himself that I think he kind of, that character kind of steps outside the bounds of pro wrestling as we've known it for, or at least me, the last 35 plus years. And something happened last night and it was a very, it was, it was just a tiny little thing. And I said to myself, ah, they want people to like him. Did you pick up mm. on it? No, any I didn't. Chance? Okay. No. I'll give you another hint. It was in the opening segment. Randy was talking. And when the fiend music hit, how did Randy Orton respond to the fiends music? concerned he had very heelish tendencies and movements as 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 a as a scared heel would so if randy's acting like a scared heel they're obviously presenting bray in a way where they want you to pop for him they want you to like him they want you to appreciate him and how do you think that arena would have responded if there were twenty thousand people there well, I think that's the that's a great question. I think we all know the answer. They would have popped. Yeah. So I yeah. think they're presenting him as that when Freddy Krueger became cool or when Jason yeah. Voorhees yeah. or Michael Myers became cool and you were like, yeah, kill everybody. <laughs> and, and I think that, I think that's where they're, they're they're going with or at least organically getting to with the fiend knowing that at any given moment, they can have the fiend do something heinous to an uber baby face, and they could always switch him back and forth. When you can have a character like that, that's so, you know, so many layers and so dimensional, um, that's what creative loves, because he can be whatever they need him to be on any given day. So what do we think about the transition that's happening with Alexa Bliss? Because, Bully, uh, obviously, you know, this is a hot topic among pro wrestling fans. You know, Mark and I talk about it regularly. Mark is saying that she's essentially auditioning for Hollywood. Every week that we see Alexa Bliss, she's putting her best foot forward because she has bigger aspirations. And, and Bully, I understand it because when you look across the roster, I mean, everyone in the – you don't get to the WWE, right, and not be talented. So it's like the NFL, right? There's talent there, right? But then there's the clear-cut athletes, performers, whatever, characters that stand above the fray. Alexa Bliss has always been that for me. Bully, it doesn't matter the situation that you put her in. She always delivers. And in this situation, I think she's doing some of the best work of her career. And what's exciting, at least for me, Bully, is it feels like we're just getting started with the story and where it can go. 
one of the things that I love the most about Alexa, and I've been saying this for a long time, is she is a phenomenal reactor. Not an actor, a reactor. She yeah. can sell things with her facial expressions like probably nobody else in the entire company. She takes things like little backstage walks to the ring and makes them something. Just by her quirky little look or the rolling of uh, her eyes or the raising of an eyebrow or just something. She reacts to things so well that she makes me buy into every little yeah. thing that she does. Um, obviously, her turning around and you know looking at Nikki Cross last night she all she's doing is turning around with that sick look in her eye and you know the the, the fake eye things that that's a moment that i'm gonna remember i love i love seeing possessed alexa right now you know she's kind of like what is it she's she's uh creepy hot uh, is that even a word you know sure. she, she she looks good in in in, in her creepy in her creepiness period yeah. um so you know you know <laughs> But but the the biggest thing is her her ability to react to everybody else and her ability I believe to make other people better who are performing around her. Yeah, I mean, let's get this out of the way. Alexa Bliss would look good in a potato sack. You want to put her in goth gear and do whatever. I mean, she's she's going to shine wherever you put her. Now you bring up Nikki Cross, right? I like that. Uh, for I, I I think back to the the turn and the creepy eyes, and all I could think about was Mark Henry. If that was Mark. And- what would happen to Mark if Alexa turned down and faced him down face to face like that? But it did get me thinking, right? Obviously, Nikki is concerned, much like another storyline that is happening in the company right now on Friday nights with Jimmy and Jay Uso, right? Jimmy very concerned for his brother Jay. Obviously, more meat on the bone, as we like to say with that story. I feel like there's more meat on the bone with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bully. And I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this whatever's happening with just Alexa and Bray right now uh, expands into something else. I guess what I'm saying, Bully, is I wouldn't be surprised if other people brought in. I wouldn't be surprised if that other person was maybe Nikki Cross. What do you think about expanding the uh, the Fiend's universe, if you will? The way the, the Fiend was able to turn Alexa to the dark mm-hmm. side, I would love to see Alexa turn Nikki to the dark side. I love the fiend having minions and imagine if it was all female minions, that'd be interesting. Oh, that'd be great. Possessing the hearts, minds and bodies and souls of the females in the WWE. Why do women find themselves so attracted to the fiend? Uh, You're Gabby. shaking your head like crazy in agreement. No, no, Why do you I, like because, it? Because Gabby chimed in with exactly what I was going to say. And just like the most, one of the famous, most famous villains in the history of this country uh, who had a stable of women to do his bidding, Charles freaking Manson. And, and, and there you have it. Charles yep. Manson was surrounded by women at all time. Women found Charles Manson crazy cool attractive they wanted to be with him yeah i uh, i mentioned this a couple of weeks ago with dave i don't remember the name of the the woman who was like one of charles manson's r- right hand ladies she did this she had a weird name like not birdie or some kind of just weird odd name gabby if you could find it that'd be awesome but she did an interview once where she was all wide-eyed and crazy and who knows what drugs she was on and she was just like he's in everybody 
So, yeah, Fiend definitely has that Manson-esque quality when it comes to luring in the ladies. They should call him um, LL Cool F. LL Cool Fiend. Ladies love Cool Fiend. <laughs> I'll say this too, Bully. I, I think we're on to something here. I could definitely see that happening. And you, you, you talk about The Fiend and Alexa Bliss, and you brought up the Joker and Harley Quinn comparisons. I, I think that's apt. I think we saw uh, uh, Alexa dress up similarly to, to Harley Quinn a few months back and kind of set the table for that. Um, there's an interesting sort of relationship there, right? Like, I think by and large, you think about the Joker and Harley Quinn or any, you know, villain combo like that. You think that, that, that the, the man's the leader or the catalyst or like that Manson was the catalyst or whatever. And to a large extent, he was maybe Manson isn't the best example to to kind of piggyback off what I'm trying to get to. But with relationships like that, there is always there's a power dynamic in every relationship. Right. And, and common sort of thought would be like, yeah. Bray Wyatt slash The Fiend is in control of this. And I think by and large, he is. That's the story that's being told. But there is another story, right? Once Alexa realizes the power that she has, once Alexa realizes the the way that she can manipulate The Fiend, what if Alexa then becomes The Fiend? What if Alexa becomes a more powerful version of The Fiend? Because, Bully, we were just talking about it. That woman would look good in a potato sack. There's a sexual element to Alexa Bliss that you can, the, the Black Widow effect, right? Luring people in with her charms, whatever. I'm just saying there is a ton of meat on the bone here. I wouldn't say a sexual aspect. I would say a degree of sexuality, a sexiness sure. to her. Sure. I wouldn't say sexual because I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I just don't know if that's a right choice word. But there's definitely a a sexiness to the yes. insanity, the craziness, and the and the possession point of view. You, you were just talking about her taking over the like the you know the the fiend or becoming mm-hmm. the head fiend. And I I don't know why I thought about this. This is a real loose association. Like, who was the leader of the Adams family? <laughs> it was Morticia, hand. the wife. The thing. No, the thing. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm just no it, yeah, it was the wife, Morticia. Yeah, yeah. Who was the leader of the monsters? It was Lily, the the, the yep. woman. It, with all of these creepy monster esque, you know, like uh, weird things. It's always the female who truly is head. Yeah, Herman is the head of the household in the monsters, but Lily controls Herman. And yeah, Jason, um, Jason Forey's bully Ray, led by yep. kind of the 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 feelings of his mother and all that, right? Yeah. There's always a sick, twisted female behind every male. <laughs> and one day some and yeah. one day some poor male will have to have the girl behind him. Hey everyone, this is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions champions and everyone in between new episodes out every Wednesday on the Sirius XM app, Pandora and Apple podcast. As Sam would say, Sam from Cleveland. Poor Lana. Poor Lana. They're going to get her over as a monster baby face one day. Yeah. I said, it, I said it after what, the what, second like 10 or more third weeks, time. 12, 10 more weeks, 15 more weeks of getting put through tables. What do you, what do you think it's going to take? What, what, whatever. Eventually. I mean, if there were crowds out there right now, people would be cheering for her. You think I, the, the 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 person that I think uh, loses the most or looks the worst in this whole situation is uh, Nia Jax, because if the biggest woman in the company hitting a Samoan drop through a table on a dainty, you know, fashion model. Not that Lana's not a pro wrestler, but she's not like she's she's no uh, Charlotte Flair. 
you know, Lana. Yeah. Lana's a a, a a social media influencer with her her you know great clothing, her purses, her shoes, and now Nia Jax is uh, Samoan dropping her through tables, and she comes out every single week unscathed. Not a hair is out of place, not a fingernail is broken, not an eyelash is banged out, nothing, zero, nil, nada, not even a limp. Not even an eyelash banged out. You've been hanging out with Gabby too long, man. You're, you're like her, 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 her vernacular is taking over your your spirit. That's a that's a Gabby line right there. Gabby, you like that line? Banged out, Gabby. Bang it. All right, your audio <laughs> sucks. Stay off. I was gonna say that's why she just chimed in <laughs> with the with the one line. She's like, wait, uh, yeah, this is still trash. I got to get off the line. All right, so I was. Eh, but yeah, you know, um, la- and last night, what I found interesting is after you saw Lana, uh, after you saw them the first time, and you didn't see Lana go through the table, I'm like, ah, now they're actually th- stringing it out, and they're gonna make it a thread through the show because yeah. people are gonna want to stick around to see if Lana goes through a table. So Lana gets beat in the middle of the ring with a Samoan drop, and then she gets put through the table with a Samoan drop, and we'll probably see Lana next week, you know, unscathed again. You know, it's she's becoming like the Kenny, you know, uh, of WWE. Oh my God, you kill Lana, you bastards. <laughs> But it's coming at the hands of the biggest woman there. So how effective can her Samoan drop really be? I guess yeah, this is the yeah. part of the show where after you go, okay, it's pro wrestling, it's entertainment, yada, yada. And, you know, with the announce table, the announce table just kind of, you know, it collapses like a house of cards. This is why I don't, I did not like when Jay Uso used the announce table on Daniel Bryan yep. last week on SmackDown. I thought it was unnecessary. I would have liked to have seen Jay Uso do all that damage to Daniel Bryan with his bare hands. And if you're going to put somebody through a table, use a regular table because at least the regular table explodes and looks a lot more painful than just an announce table going crumple. I completely yeah. agree. You know, you know what you're getting with that big announce table. It, and I feel like they've they've added even more sort of things in place to make it safer, which is great. It just for 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 as you said, in a blood feud where everything is on the line. And and I listened to you yesterday. I completely agree. Going into full mount, laying down some postured elbows, and getting grimy with it. Right, getting as you said, using your bare hands. That's what this situation calls for. Right. I completely agree. I completely so- agree. Uh, you know, the, the what we talked about yesterday with Dave is I would have liked to have seen Jay do to Daniel Bryan exactly what Roman did to Jay. Mount him like he did in the cage, in the cell, and just bludgeon him yeah. to within an inch of his life. Because now not only would Jay have come to the realization that, yes, Roman is right, you are the head of the table, and now I finally see the light. I'm going to do to Daniel Bryan exactly what you do to, did to me. Yeah. That, I, I didn't need to see the gratuitous announce table for no, for, for no – I've seen it before a hundred times. If I have Lana going through it every single week, what's the big deal about putting Daniel Bryan through it? Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like in case of emergency break, you know, announce table. Oh, you know, we'll do the splash off the top rope through the table. It, it did not add anything for me. I would have just liked to see Jay Uso use his fists. Uh, You talk about not adding anything for you. Before that uh, little uh, segment there with with, uh, Lana and and Nia Jax, we got a promo from Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce. And I... It's becoming more and more obvious that this looks like a tag team they're going to be rolling with. Um, 
I'm frustrated on a, on a few levels here, Bully Ray. First of all, um, just let's look at it from this. Both Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans uh, are equally capable of, of being single stars and th- they can go on their own route. And, and I think no, they're, both they're not. Talented. No, okay, they're well, not. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, and that's and that's fine. I, I think I think they are. I'm, I'm high on both of them. But here's the other thing. You can't deny what the iconics were. Right. Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, you you disband them just to make another tag team out of Peyton Royce. It, it, I don't understand the logic, Bully Ray. I don't understand why this is happening. Uh, I agree with you 50 percent with uh, Lacey Evans. <laughs> yes, I do believe she could go on to become a star on her yes. own, not Peyton Royce. OK. And from what I've seen over just the past couple of weeks, I've always said Peyton is just a little bit better than Billy in the ring as far as a re- you know performing wrestling. Yeah. But Billy is more entertaining on her own than Peyton. And I saw that at in the backstage interview on SmackDown, I believe it was Billy, Natalia and Bianca. And Billy Kay's quirkiness, the way she reacts, a la Alexa Bliss, is extremely entertaining. She's always yelling and screaming and huffing and puffing and rolling her eyes and, you know, <laughs> and with the accent, she reacts great to so many things. So she, to me, is a tad bit more entertaining while Peyton is a tad bit better in the ring. Now that we've split them up, what are we going to do? Yeah. What's the plan? Why did we split them up? Because we needed something for programming. Because we needed to do so. We we split up the Iconics and we split up Heavy Machinery. Why? What was the good reason other than we need something shocking for programming? Well, now you... Have you seen Peyton Royce's um, uh, Twitter posts or Instagram posts? She posted this picture of her just kind of sitting there by ringside with her head down in her lap. And I thought it was real telling about probably how she feels right now. Like, I'm doing nothing. I'm doing less now than I was when I was with the Iconics. And, you know, they even used us sporadically then. Yeah, there's the picture. Gabby's holding it up. If you you go to her, if you go to Peyton Royce's uh, Twitter, you'll find it. That that picture speaks a thousand words. Like, what am I doing? Why? Why is this happening? Why would you take an act like those two? They were easy on the eyes, not so easy on the ears, but that was their charm. I was that saying, they that was were, the point, yeah. You know, they, 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 were, they, were, they were entertainingly annoying, is, is how I like to put it. The, the timing that these two women had. Yes. Their ability to just take anything and pull it off just with the banter amongst themselves. You're telling me that creative had nothing for these two hella entertaining women? I said, just give them backstage segments every single week. Make them lose a bet where they have to do dirty jobs, a la Mike Rowe in that show, you know, dirty jobs, where we see, you know, the Iconics having to shovel and poop or empty out trash or whatever, things that they would normally never do. Give, give Give me them on TV for three minutes entertaining me. Now when I see them, I'm just like, oh, I could see the look in Peyton's eyes. Yeah. She's lost right now. Not lost because she doesn't know what she's doing. She's lost because she doesn't have that partner next to her that um, allowed her to be as entertaining as she was. I, I hate the fact that they split up the Iconics. Hate it. I'm hate it. You. Hate it. Yeah.
So you know what it remind you know what it reminds me of. At least you talk about the look in the eye or the feel of it or just knowing that it's not going to work. Like right, like we know that splitting up the iconics was a was a very bad idea. There's no way to to because you don't have a plan coming off of it that makes us grab our attention and. Again, it was so good when you broke it up. It just doesn't make any sense, right? Reminds me of uh, Gable and Shorty G, right? When they went to Shorty G, everyone stepped back and was like, oh, my God. Like, this is not going to work. This is bad. This goes against it. You know what I mean? It's just, to me, it's kind of one of those obvious pivots that you know isn't going to work because everything before it was working so well. Uh I I put more stock into the iconics than I do Shorty G. I, yeah, I really yeah, do. me too. No, yeah, yeah. I, I guess that was just what first came to mind. But yeah, and 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 with, with uh, you know another team like Heavy Machinery. What's the, look at what happened to Tucker last night? Look at what oh happened to Tucky. What uh, bully? Tell uh, tell the audience what did happen because uh, we're just covering this for the first time. But yeah, it was it was sad. He lost to Ricochet in like two minutes, right? With with no, this was his debut as a singles competitor. No entrance music and no discernible uh, ring attire, or anything. Just complete jobber status, one hundred percent. And then he gets beat down by retribution. Yeah, I I mean, you want to talk about dead in the water? Now, will creative write something for him next week and make him the next world heavyweight champion? Well, sure, it could happen because it's sports entertainment. Probably not, though. Last week, there were rumblings that he lost on main event to Ricochet, and now he's losing to Ricochet in two minutes on on Monday Night Raw. What are we doing with this guy? Why not just split them up? Put him on the back burner, repackage him into something that you could at least give a mid-card push to. Not what they're doing. Maybe he has heat with the office. Maybe maybe he uh, knocked on Vince's door at the wrong time of day, which I doubt any of these things are true. But why split up an entertaining tag team? Listen, I get it. Otis is the star of the team. I get it. Vince loves Otis. But let's not treat Tucky the way we treated him last night. What point does it serve? It's well, just another talent to swim in the sea of mediocrity. I don't know if this is good or bad. Well, I think it's bad for Tucky, but you know what? They could be trying to set up him joining retribution, right? No entrance music, no uh, tights. Uh, you got you got a qualm. You got beef with the office. That's something they can tell. I hope it doesn't <laughs> yeah. happen, but it could. You be. want to hear a funny, a quick funny story? Absolutely. In ECW, when they had nothing for you, you know what they did? No. They made you a Dudley. <laughs> seriously we don't well, that worked out for, well that. for a lot of people yeah uh, yeah, yeah yeah as as things went on things changed but we don't what are we gonna do with this is like, i don't know make him a dudley there were nine fucking dudleys you know well, okay so now what are we gonna do with this guy i don't know throw him in retribution uh, what is he mad about ah, he's mad at the world he's mad at everything he's he's mad that otis did this and he's mad that we forgot about him so throw him in retribution and uh put on uh give him a jason Voorhees mask and uh, have people punch him in the face and their hands won't hurt yeah that's a great idea Oh, slap dick <laughs> yeah. for retribution. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, well, I feel num- like that num- was nuts. I've numb nuts. Hey, everybody. This is Fran Freshella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovich fires it into Mickey. It somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are of Available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Before we went to break, you told me that you know you're really excited for 
um, Rock versus Roman and the potential of that happening at WrestleMania. Now, me and LaGreca talked about this, and my opinion on that was, if that's going to happen, uh, you cannot give me the same Rock that I've seen forever. I don't want to see the Hollywood version of the Rock. I need to see the version of The Rock that laid there for 19 hours and got that traditional Samoan tattoo. It has to be all about the family. It has to be about Rocky being the grandson of the high chief, Peter Maivia. It has to be about the bloodline. It has to be about the lineage. There's your story. But my question to you is, Ryan, is that the best story or is the story of Brock versus Roman with Heyman in the middle of everything and Brock as now a returning babyface as good as or even better than? I think it. if we weren't talking about The Rock and Roman with this, this decades of story to be told. And then the Royal rumble, right. Victory where, where rock comes in and holds up, you know, his family's hand holds up Roman's hand. And then he gets booed out of the building. Right. Uh, There's just so much prior history with this story. If we didn't have that as a potential feud going into mania on the table. Yes. uh, Bully. I would say Brock Lesnar and Roman with the Paul Heyman quote factor in there. I think that would be, you know, the best story in pro wrestling. Right. Um, So I guess what I'm saying is, is you can't go wrong with either one, but the fact that we're talking about the rock, I I think that rock uh, Roman Reigns story is not only is it the best storyline in wrestling that you can do bully. I'm of the opinion, what we're watching with Jay Uso and with Roman Reigns is some of the best work in WWE history. I know that's a little early to say that. I know it's a little hyperbolic, but I'm just saying four or five weeks in, whatever we're sitting at right now, it's so good. And if the if the Rock does come back, I think we can agree it is going to be his final run. It will be in one of the best storylines he's ever done. There will be real emotion. There will be real story. There will be real historical context. And I do think he would be bringing a venomous, uh, prideful, angry, you know, defensive, for his family, for the tradition, as you said, the Samoan heritage, uh, I think we would get a different one. So I get what you're saying, but 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 for how good this is going and the way the family is lined up, uh, I need to see this. I want to see this happen more than any other storyline in recent memory and more than Brock and, and, and Roman, yeah. Well, hopefully if it is Rock, his schedule allows him to appear on WWE television for the appropriate amount of days it will take for this story to build up. Because if you give me Rocky the week before WrestleMania, no way, no way. You got to give me weeks of storytelling about the family with Rocky. You got to give me weeks of vignettes. You got to give me, uh, I'm going to, you got to give me at least four weeks of it. And, And that's even, too 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 quickly yeah i agree i would want eight weeks of build with rock and 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 roman but rock and roman would be for the here and now because we know after wrestlemania it probably be done with right brock and roman can be long term with the version of brock lesnar that we've never seen before that can be so different and so intriguing because of the Heyman relationship that I think people would be fully behind Brock. 
throw that out to the listeners. What would you rather see more? Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns and The Rock? 877-344-4893. Another note on that, Bully Ray. Uh, Fans. Fans, fans, fans. Fans, fans, fans. No freaking way do you bring Dwayne Johnson back to this company if there's any semblance of of a possibility of there not being a hundred thousand people in that in that room, so here's the cool thing, and and I like the way you suggested this. I think either one of them are interchangeable. You can do if you're going to have fans, you can do the Rock and Roman this year, and, and it all works out, and then you can do Brock and Roman at the following Mania. Or if you're getting the feeling that you won't have full capacity for the return of Hollywood's biggest star ever with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, then you can do Brock this year, and you can tell the Heyman story with Brock and Roman this year and then delay, and you can have the Samoan Dynasty run for a year and a half, and you can have them help him beat Brock and, and build Brock as a babyface, then you can have Rock come in two WrestleManias from now because, again, I think it's plug and play. You've got A-plus five-star shit either way you go, and what a good problem to have if you're Vince McMahon in the WWE. Listen, I'm on board for either one of those stories as long as the story is there. If Brock returns, Brock is now in that baby face position that we're not used to seeing in him. And Heyman is right in the middle. Whose side will Heyman be on? I mean, you can go into WrestleMania with not knowing who Heyman is going to come out with. And will Heyman screw anybody? And now you have the story of <clears throat> the match and Paul. So you're uber invested in, 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 What's going to go down? How is this going to turn out? Who's going to win? And who will Paul, will Paul screw anybody over? Will the old Paulie dangerously resurface in that match? So if, if that's the road you want to go down, that's great. If, if Rock does come back, then I want the Rock that uh, is the grandson of High Chief Peter Maivia. I don't want Hollywood Rocky. I don't want him coming out with a flamethrower and lighting his name on fire at the, on the top of a stage. I don't want to hear if you smell la, 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 what the rock is cooking. I don't want any of that. I want a member of the Samoan family who now has to return to the WWE to take down the kid that is now sitting at the head of the table. And might be doing it the wrong way. I want Rock to return and say, I raised your hand at the Royal Rumble 2015 and people turned because you didn't have it then and you don't have it now. Whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm just riffing off the top of my head. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to see the same Rock that we've gotten over and over again. Hollywood Rock. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.